Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Discipleship.ca. My name is Teresa, and with me today is... Steve. Thanks for joining us as we have another discussion with the hope, prayer, and goal of encouraging you in your daily walk of faith and journey towards Christ-likeness as we explore scripture, faith, and the Christian life, as well as talking about what Jesus is teaching us on our journeys of faith. Today we are in Psalm 46. It's 11 verses, and just before Steve reads it, I want you to be thinking of just like the setting of where this is. Most commentators and theologians believe that this psalm came after a time when the Assyrians were trying to conquer Judah. So uh, during the time of Isaiah's prophecy, actually. So Stephen, I'll get you to read that if you don't mind. That'd be wonderful. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and through the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God and the holy inhabitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Right. So here Judah is... Wait, 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 wait. Yes. What is an Alamoth? Sorry? What is an Alamoth? According to... Alamoth, Alamoth. Where, what verse are you in? In the at? very top. The, to the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. A, a song. song. I don't know. Why don't you look that up while I talk? Ha, I already got it. Of course so, you do. <laughs> in First Chronicles chapter 15, verse 20, it says, Zechariah, Azel, Heshamamoth, Jethiel, Uniah, Eviah, Masiah, okay. and Benaniah were to play harps, according to Alamoth. So apparently it's a harp song, just so everybody oh, knows. Oh, that's very lovely. That's Thought how I'd I picture that. everything. Yeah. Everything in the psalm is a harp song. <laughs> high, a high-pitched harp song oh, is dear. what most With people would With multiple harps. Say to it's a harp. Yeah. A harp uh, choir. There yeah. you go. So this is a time taking place where um, Judah is looking at a fierce army, the Assyrians, who were very feared at this time, not just for their strength and power physically, but for their psychological abuse and um, prowess as well, right? It wasn't just, we're going to defeat you. We're going to destroy you mentally and emotionally. So they're looking at this going, um, okay, it is only the Lord that we have, right? This is the only thing. So how this starts out is the king of Assyria sends a message saying, um, don't even bother. Don't even bother to fight me. The Lord is not going to be on your side. No one... He has saved no one from me. So, Steve, if you want to read the account that happens in Isaiah um, 36, verses 13 to 20, we'll get a little bit of a picture of what the Israelites are facing right now. Then the Rabbashrek stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah. For thus the king, thus says the king of Assyria, Make your peace with me and come out to me. 
Then each one of you will eat of his own vine, each one of his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware lest Hezekiah mislead you, says the Lord, by saying the Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hands of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Shephiam? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hands? Who among all the gods of these lands has delivered their lands out of my hand? And the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand. But they were silent and answered him not a word for the king. Oh, not that part. Sorry. That's okay. I, Never I did. mind that part. <laughs> Strike that part from your memory. No, <laughs> this isn't a jury. Um, I know. I've done the reading. same thing. Um, so this is what they're facing, right? Hezekiah is the king of Judah. So he's saying, don't listen to your king. Your king can't save you. Your king and your God can't save you. Uh, and he's, he's saying, the Assyrians, we're going to conquer you. If you come now willingly, you will have a good life. Come over. I'll take you to a new land. You know, you're going to become one of us. I'm going to, you're going to worship our gods. You know, like don't, you don't want to stay here. So this is what, out of, he's striking fear into them. So Hezekiah, the king, says to the Israelites, do not answer him. Do not. And then what did he do? He went and prayed. He laid on the altar and he prayed. And so we see this in verse, or sorry, uh, Isaiah 37, verses 17 to 20, where Hezekiah goes before the Lord and oh, sorry, prays. 17 to 20. 17 to 20. Yeah. Uh, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Hear all the words of Shemareth which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they, they were no gods, but the work of men's hand, wooden stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of earth may know that you alone are the Lord. That's right. So he's praying this, and after he prayed... Oh, I don't think I have that part. Um, after he <laughs> prayed... On his face, on the altar to the Lord, the angel of the Lord went outside the gates of Jer Jerusalem and killed 185 of the Syrian soldiers. Hmm. This is powerful. This, the Israelites are doing nothing. What you, how many did you say? It was 185. Thousand. Thousand. Oh, sorry. Did I say 185? Yeah. I do have the three zeros behind it that in my is, notes. <laughs> that is verse 636. Yes. The angel of the Lord went out yes. and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. That's right. Sorry. Thank you. Yes. 185,000 <laughs> soldiers. Oh, wait, there's more. I and know. When the people arose <laughs> early in the morning, behold, I know. they were all dead bodies. Yes. I know. Okay. I, yeah, I guess right. we could probably read that. <laughs> right. um, but this is amazing. Here you have the Assyrian king, and it actually gets better for him. We'll get into that next uh, next week on Psalm 47. But um, <laughs> you have the Assyrian king taunting the Israelites and taunting the Lord. And then you have Isaiah, or Hezekiah, sorry, who is faithful to the Lord and knows that God is true and knows his where he belongs in terms of the, his confidence in the Lord. So he goes to the altar and he pleads with God and God sends his angel out to kill 185,000 soldiers. Yeah. So what do they learn in verse 1? God is our strength and our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Yeah. Right? They, it is only God. They, they literally did nothing but wait on him. So mm -hmm. I guess that is something. But nothing physical, <laughs> right? They had to yeah. 
They had to quiet themselves. They had to come before the Lord and trust that he had them. Yeah. And he answered them in in a mighty and a powerful way. Verse two, therefore we will not fear though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. It doesn't matter what's happening around them. It says here, the earth gives way. The mountains are moving into the sea. The mountains are trembling. You do not need to fear. Yeah. I mean, they were looking at losing everything. And how many times had the Israelites lost their way of life uh, and been captured as slaves? A lot. Well, and and, I mean, even if you just take that and think about in our world today, we worry about all sorts of things and we do what we have to to take care of all this stuff. And what are the things that lay waste to our nations Hmm. at different times? Natural disasters. Yeah, right? Uh, things that... The earth gives way. Things, things Mountains that, into the sea. These things are... Things that we can't control. That's like, right. You know, we live on the west coast of Canada. We used to live much closer to the ocean. But yeah. People knew, hey, when the next big earthquake comes and it, like, really goes... Um, we're going yeah. to be this much closer to the I ocean mean, I front. can't tell you how many times I grew up living an hour outside of Vancouver. Uh, I grew up hearing that. Yeah, Vancouver, We're going to have waterfront, you yeah. know, like the, the next yeah. big earthquake. Like, I so often heard that. Like, we all heard that, all yeah. of us. We used to live not too far from a bridge on a river, the Fraser River, which runs down through the... The, the lower mainland the lower of mainland, British Columbia. Yep. British Columbia into Vancouver. And people always said, oh, when the huge earthquake yep. comes, we were a little bit up the mountain. Uh, we were going to have waterfront, yeah. you know, on 2nd Avenue. Because 1st yeah. Avenue was going to be underwater. underwater. And and my response always was, okay, but the bridge across the river is like two kilometers away from here. So we're never crossing the river again. Yeah, like, we're, we're not getting out of How does that here. work? We have waterfront, but we're stuck where we are. Yeah, exactly. Right. And verse 3 goes on to say, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So mm. this is going on and how it's saying, you know, it is God alone. You need not fear. God protects his people. God gives his people confidence. Yeah. And then verse 4 goes on to say, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. So... Because of that, because of this trusting and this lack of fear and your, your reliance on God alone, he gives, he gives us joy, right? This says the river make mm-hmm. glad the city of God. It refreshes yeah. and gives joy. It's Revelation 22, isn't it? The city of God with That's the right. crystal river. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's talking about that joy that comes with yeah. it. Yeah. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. So God is present. He's not far away. He is right there in the midst of this. And because of that, you will not be moved. He will help, right? He will give security. He'll give you joy. He'll give you comfort at night knowing you can sleep and rest because in the morning, his help is there for you. That whole God is in the midst of the Mm. people, Mm -hmm. um, that is something that actually goes all the way back into all of their travel. Like uh, that's right. Um, like back to when they left Egypt, Egypt right? Where the <clears throat> when you actually read about it, and they were all supposed to, you know, the Levites were with the the tabernacle and all of that stuff, and yeah, and uh, the 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 tribes were encircling that's that. right they didn't walk they weren't supposed to walk in a straight line single file right not like they the movie were, show us they walked like a mob yeah with like a camp like actually everybody all right? around and yes and when they stopped yeah they just all stopped and then made camp set up your tents yeah yeah no that but is god a was powerful always, thing but god was always in the middle yeah right 
in the middle of that that gathering. Right, and she was always protected, Israel mm. being she, right? Yeah. Uh, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. So here they're talking about the power, the power in his voice, in God's voice. The yeah. Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I love this, the Lord of hosts, because in other, in other translations, it's the Lord of angels, right? Yeah. He has an army. It's yeah. not, you know, he has, he has an army of angels that we saw in, um, in Isaiah that does his bidding. Yeah. You know, the Lord of hosts, he, yeah. is, he is a warrior and creates a fortress for you, and there you find care and safety. Yeah, that's something that is in pastoral uh, Mm. counseling. I I end up with a lot of people that come to to talk um, to me as a pastor, right? So they come with spiritual issues, and oftentimes they've gotten themselves involved in uh, occultic stuff and... Uh, or they they're fixated on the evil of the world, right. the, the demonology kind of you know they've into the horror the dark films power and all that, that kind of find. stuff, right? And they always, without fail, they come and they're like, "Oh, there's so much power over there." I'm like, "Okay, but you know where the demons came from, right? Right? Fallen angels. One third was kicked out, which means for every demon, there's two. There's angels. two angels. Like the the Lord of Hosts still has mm. more power. That's right? right. Like they like, and it's not a. It's not that Satan is equal in power and authority and strength to God. He is also a created being. Yes. Satan is equal to... He is subject to God. Michael and Gabriel. That's right. Like it's and not people forget that, same. I think. Yeah, it's not the same. They forget and this, that. And it's these kinds of psalms that help us to remember mm-hmm. that, that the battle... When you fight God, it's not a fair fight. You no. are going to lose. <laughs> That's right. This is That's it's just right. how... It, it's just how are you going to lose? Yes. Are you going to lose in that moment? Or are you going to lose at the end of your life? Right. For eternity. Yeah. Right. No, that's right. And, and yet it also is a reminder to those that put their hope and trust in him. Mm. Um, the comfort. Yeah. And the peace that you find there. Like verse yeah. 8 says, Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. So here they're singing of his deeds and his marvelous things that he has done for them. Because God is a warrior who will fight and defend his people. He is not passive. Yeah. You know, he's involved. This, uh, this all kind of feels like Psalm 2, right? Like, a little bit, yeah. Why do the nations rage and the people yeah. plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Lord holds them in derision. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's that, that scene yeah. that just the strength, the awe-inspiring strength that God has. Absolutely. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And that's, again, nothing can stand against him. It's, it's what you just said. You know, with God, it's an unfair fight if you choose to fight him. Mm. Right? There is nothing. Unless yeah. he allows it, there is nothing. And he will only allow it for a moment because he, he will win. He has won, but we haven't seen it play out yet. Yeah. And the Israelites are just getting a taste of that. Right? And now it switches here in verse 10, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. Yeah. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So we find rest in him. We're still, and we know he is God. And I know a lot of times we use this, and and it is good to use it this way, um, for anxiety and for those things that we need to remember to come before him and bring to him um, all of our upsetness and, you know, that kind of stuff, whereas we can just lay it at his feet. But here it's not just be still. But it's to recognize who he is. There is a call to action here, right? So be still and know that I am God. Why? 
Yeah. Because I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. It is going to happen, right? So there's this call to action to recognize who he is in our stillness. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, in our James, knowing this who is he James is. James Montgomery Boyce. Um, he's, he was a theologian when I was in Bible college 30 years ago. He was the textbook. But okay. uh, oh, interesting. in this setting, be still and know that I am God is not advice to lead us uh, into a contemplative life. How important that may be. It means rather lay down your arms, surrender, yeah. acknowledge that I am <laughs> the one and the only victorious God. Stop running about. Yeah, enough is enough, right? <laughs> I am God. Be yeah. still. Yeah, exactly. And then here we end with the Lord of hosts again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Mm. So he is with us, right? The Lord of armies, he fights. Not only does he fight, he wins, right? And we can rest in him, but we also need to acknowledge his greatness, that he is the Lord. And so we praise and exalt him. Oh, I got one before you go. This is more voice. Quoting John Wesley's death. So on the day that John Wesley died, so the hymn writer, theologian, Nearly lost his voice and could only be understood with difficulty. But at last, when all his strength could be summoned, he screams out, The best of all, God is with us. Then he raises his hand slightly, waved it in triumph, and died. Yeah. Well, it's, it's about praising and exalting him, but it's also, especially for the Israelites here, it's about protection from fear. Yeah. Protection from evil. Yeah. Right? Can you, can you think of a time when you rested in God? Can you think of a time when he delivered you from fear or he delivered you from evil? I want to encourage you today to take the time to acknowledge that he is God and to rest in him, knowing that he will be exalted. He is exalted. He is your refuge and your strength. He is your very present help in trouble. So take that with you today. Thanks for joining us for our conversation today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can always subscribe, leave a like, or comment on our social streams, or even tell others about us. We appreciate any help in getting connected to people who are interested. As always, you can find us online at discipleship.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day. Hope you can join us next time. And thanks for being part of our 100th episode. I forgot about that. I I was just on a roll. Until I was reading that. And uh, this was episode 100. 100. Yay. Super exciting. Okay, till next time. Until next time.